Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 190 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal progress. Now, first things first, Angelo, we uh, skipped a week. Uh, usually we release bi-weekly, but it's been three weeks. Um, I Between the two of us, I figured you would get code first due to the fact that you have children who go to school, but sadly, I was the one who was affected, and uh, it got me, well, I don't want to say it got me bad, but it got me, it got me pretty good. Yeah, we we had illness in this house too, but uh, after many COVID tests, my wife uh, must have had just a really bad cold because as a teacher, she also drags in germs. So there's three germ vectors into my home. Uh, Luckily for now, I've been okay. Um, But I'm glad you're on the mend, Brian. Yeah, had a day and a half of like really bad fever. So I, I was talking to a friend who was joking that I got one of the more vintage strains of, of COVID, right? So I, I, I was kind of amused by that one. And then, yeah, my uh, sense of taste and smell are still not 100% back. I am coughing. I'm still it's like stuffed up and I'm like two weeks in. So that is, yeah, that is the vintage uh, COVID. Sounds like it. Because uh, yeah. the, the newer, uh, more recent variants seem to be uh, very much like the common cold. Yeah, exactly. And uh, last way less long than this. So I am very thankful I got vaccinated, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure the vaccine helped. What did you do while I was sick? I, I I guess I played more video games, Brian. That's what I've been doing. Lately, I fired up a game I've wanted to play for a long time, and it was finally on sale through the PlayStation Store, which I don't, and I don't think it'll be part of the PS Plus new plan because it is a company that's technically owned by Microsoft now, and I started playing Prey by Arcane Studios, okay. which is... Really good. Same people who made uh, the, I was going to say Uncharted. I keep wanting to say Uncharted, but I want to say Dishonored. The Dishonored series, which is fantastic. And it's uh, what they call an immersive sim, Brian. Have you ever played an immersive sim? I have not, no. System Shock, Bioshock, those types of games where you're first person and you pretty much play how you want to play. So like if there's a door you can't get past and maybe you need like a hacking ability in this game or a key card to go through it or you can find a handy little uh, vent you can crawl through and get into the room so there's all kinds of different ways to approach things uh, i started playing it on easy and uh, it was really hard on easy so i bumped it down to story mode because <laughs> that's the type of gamer <laughs> i am now <laughs> and even in story mode it is not easy you're just you're continually visiting gamefacts.com for all of the the shortcuts no the- I, so that's one thing i'm not doing i don't want to actually get like it's the type of game where i i i was reading about it and they say try to play it without a guide because it is fun to explore so I'm taking my time with that. And also, speaking of taking my time, uh, it is a game that will be a long endeavor. And I'm also playing through Persona 5, which is apparently a 100-hour game. I was about to say, you're in for a very, very long ride from what I know. Yeah. And so this is the thing I like about the PS5 is that I can switch from game to game and not wait for three hours of loading. Right. Or having to wait. I mean, like it downloads pretty quickly, um, too, right, in theory. So I had to, by the way, I, I had to bump my... Uh, this is sort of like a tangential. I didn't mention this to you, but... Well, no, I did mention this to you last week uh, on the internet. I had to bump up my internet plan because my new job has me downloading and uploading a lot of video. Yeah, so you can't uh, crank along with your uh, five megabits per minute. No, exactly. So it's got to be a little bit higher than that uh, for me to be able to do this uh, properly. Um, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. So video games, Brian, video games are fun. I'm hoping you you played some video games while you were convalescing with your COVID. No, it was a lot of uh, watching uh, TV shows, movies, reading. I didn't have much of a brain for video games, I'll be honest with you. Well, did you want to talk about TV shows now and then go into the other stories? Yeah, let's do it. So what have you been watching? I was very excited. Last Friday, two shows I've been looking forward to came out, and that would be Obi-Wan Kenobi and the season four of Stranger Things. Okay, so I have watched both. Already? 
No, so I watched the two episodes of Obi-Wan, okay. and I watched two episodes of Stranger Things so far. Um, so and, and this isn't a spoiler, but like all of the episodes are like 75 minutes this season, and I think it's a little long. Now you're talking about Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah, when I first saw that, I'm like, oh, every episode is basically a slightly shorter like movie. Yes, and so like there, there are definitely like pacing issues there that I... Um, have picked up on i watched the third episode today which was an hour so that wasn't too bad but yeah they're they're long the thing is with stranger things i really enjoy the characters and i enjoy the the premise of the show and i love the nostalgia so i'm i'm still enjoying it obi-wan a lot easier to watch there's no pacing issues there uh really fun and it did something i wasn't expecting and it's not the type of show i thought it was going to be so it's a lot of fun uh, yeah, I agree. I just have problems where I know, you know, in a prequel series, how things are going to go, right? Because this is kind of like in between OG trilogy and uh, prequel trilogy, right? So, it, you know, these characters are going to live and things like that. So, I'm kind of like, it's a, like the stakes are um, kind of boring there, which I think, um, and I was reading, I think it was uh, the the writer, Ed Brubaker, was talking about this, where like one of the fundamental problems with the Star Universe is when... Uh, Darth Vader spoiler becomes Luke's father, right? Because that wasn't originally the plan. And so all of the retconning that happened there and all the storytelling that comes from um, that avenue of things versus like the Mandalorian, which is just um, uncharted territory almost. Yes, there was a uh, spoiler once again, like a, a Luke Skywalker appearance, but it wasn't tied down to a very explored mythology. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. And I guess I'm the uh, the the more simpleton of the two of us, where I'm like excited by fanny, fancy little things like Star Wars and Stranger Things. I'm gonna enjoy it. I think my kids liked it. Yeah, I definitely will enjoy it. I uh, but I see what you mean. Yeah, I haven't watched the book of, of Boba Fett either yet. That's on my list of, of things to do um, sooner or later. That one's okay. Although uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you, so I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah, please do not. Um, I also have been watching. Uh, I just just started uh, the Apple Plus TV show Slow Horses. I heard good things about that. It's I'm in the second episode, and it is definitely up my alley. It's about it's about you know MI five. Yeah, uh, Reject, spy rejected spies basically. Exactly. Super into it. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying watching... the Americans now and that spy stuff. So that's fun. Yeah. Of course. I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, you and I both watched Chip and Dale, not together, separately, loved it. I thought that for once the metaverse or crossover aspects actually um, came from the story and didn't feel as shoehorned in as a lot of other things do. There were some really good laugh out loud moments, especially at appearances by certain characters that my kids watched when they were even younger than they are now. Right. Uh, I'd, I'd like to call out uh, specifically Doc McStuffins. <laughs> um, I, that also, was very unexpected sort of related to to the chippendales movie i watched sonic 2 today it is related is that a spoiler to talk about that or no, it's not really. everywhere it's, but it's like ugly sonic isn't there and we had to after watching that movie go and watch the ugly sonic trailer and my kids were horrified yeah of course uh but sonic 2 was a really solid sequel like and a lot of uh easter eggs um for people who grew up with the games i found well we rewatched sonic 1 uh just last week my kids commented on how, didn't your friend Brian give us a weird Korean version of this to watch? And they were correct. You, Oh, uh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, during the start of the pandemic, I sent you uh, a link to something. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of movies. I watched um, a really interesting New Zealand science fiction movie from 1985 called The Quiet Earth, where uh, this man wakes up and there's no one else around him. And uh, it's kind of an exploration. And eventually... 
spoiler, there are other people who show up and they all have um, issues. And it's a question of like uh, mortality and things like that. So it was very introspective, kind of super enjoyable. He doesn't end up breaking his glasses in a library and being sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I also watched the the mid seventies hundred points. To anybody who gets that reference, I also watched the mid seventies movie Capricorn One, which is all about faking a landing on uh, on Mars with OJ Simpson. With o, that is correct, OJ Simpson, convicted murderer OJ Simpson. Yep. Oh no, he's actually not convicted he's, as a murderer. No. Civilly, civilly liable. Yes, OJ Simpson. And then Angela, I have to admit to you, I did watch. I watched Morbius. I have heard nothing but terrible things Ooh. about that. Ooh. Let me tell you, they are not wrong. I had to struggle. I had to actually break it up into three sessions. It's really disappointing considering they did a pretty good job with Venom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, all of the memes out there. The, it's morbid time, et cetera, et cetera. Like it didn't do super great at the box office. It did better than expected. They've announced a sequel. So we'll see if that gets made. Uh, on the other side of things, I watched Uncharted. I really liked it. Everybody said it's terrible. I, you, it's a lot better than a lot of those Nicholas Cage National Treasure type of movies. Oh, okay. So I'd probably like it then. Yeah, exactly. Like I wasn't expecting anything. So everything that I saw pleased me more. Okay, good. Well, I think we will watch that. And well, along these lines, Sony has announced a bunch of other video game properties being made into TV shows and movies among them. Including one that very much confused you. Yeah. Well, so one of them is God of War, which makes a lot of sense. And that was kind of leaked a few weeks ago. But now it's confirmed by Sony. The one that I'm kind of excited about is uh, Horizon, uh, Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, yep. which uh, that game has excellent lore, and it's what got me into the game. We had Johnny Stitches on talking he's uh, about that game and he, how much he loves the lore of that game, and uh, he's what got me to kind of play that game. The confusing one is Gran Turismo. <laughs> yes. Now, the joke this week was, you know, who are they going to get to play Aloy? Tom Holland. Who are they going to get to play Kratos? Tom Holland. And then Tom Holland will also play a car. Those, that's the, say, those like, are the internet jokes of the week. I can't wait to, for people to get confused between the Gran Turismo movie and the Clint Eastwood Gran Torino movie. Yeah, and then there's also the Grand Tour by the guys who did um, Top Gear. Yes, which is all like all car-related. Yeah, and, and so the thing that confused me the most about Gran Turismo, though, is because in my head, oh, it'll just be a show about cars called Gran Turismo. But no, they're getting Neil Blomkamp to direct it. Yeah. So uh, the other internet joke was that it's a movie about a guy who gets poisoned and is slowly turning into a car. <laughs> uh, speaking of Neil, though, I recently watched a, a movie that came out last year called Ted Kale about Ted Kaczynski, and it stars um, Charlita Copley, who is yeah, uh, he's, in he's like, District 9. Yeah, exactly. Um, great movie. Uh, super sad. It was really funny, though. I was watching the movie, and like you could, I, I could understand... Um, why he got annoyed at certain parts of the government. Like there were constantly um, like helicopters and other things going on around his living space that just like drove him insane. So you're saying it was okay became the Unabomber. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a Unabomber uh, apologist. Well, I mean, you had uh, a dress like Parody, him. parody, parody. Yeah. But yeah, I, I super much, uh, I very much, very much enjoyed uh, uh, Ted K. I also watched the, the remake of Firestarter, which was not good. With but not, not Drew Barrymore. Yes, correct. With, uh, but starring Zac Efron. So Weird. you win some, you Zac Efron some. Well, I mean, I guess this is our segment of what we've been playing and watching and stuff. Exactly. If anyone uh, wants to share what they've been playing, watching, uh, taking in double underscore density over on Twitter. And Angel, let us talk about something that we won't be seeing soon. And that is a TV show by uh, movie and film star Seth Green. So this is, keeps going on to where we wonder what the point of NFTs are. Yeah. He's lost a show because he got scammed out of an NFT. 
That's right. So he is the victim. Of, so he owned one of the board ape yacht club apes and he got fished out of it. And uh, there was a transaction where a middle person who knows who they are um, stole it from him and then sold it to uh, a user named Darkwing84, which is a, a, an anonymous like collective of people, apparently. And so they now hold the rights to Bored Yacht Club Ape 8398. Okay. Like this. So this, I, hmm. my apes. I know. I, I just, it's kind of like at this point, though, you had a TV show. I mean, make it about something else. Yeah. You could probably swap out. Use the same premise and switch it out for like, you know, a board orangutan. Anything, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, make it's, it about it's, Tom Holland. <laughs> I mean, the entire, all roads lead to Tom Holland eventually, right? So. I really like Tom Holland. I don't, I don't mind if he does everything. I don't know if he'd work as Kratos, though, or Aloy. I mean, he's kind of a redhead, right? So he could work as Aloy. <laughs> I do love how you're pondering the Holland verse right now. So the, the ape that Seth Green had previously owned was sold for $200,000, Angelo. And uh, so now there is a show sitting around being unable uh, to be screened because of the fact that uh, copyright law dictates that uh, Seth Green doesn't own the ape, so he can't do anything with it. And now this is like the most 20, uh, 22 sentence I am going to say, I think, in that. So this uh, announcement happened at like uh, V Fest, which is the Gary Vaynerchuk Fest. I don't know if you. you yeah, the wine guy. <laughs> yeah exactly um so it was uh, really interesting yeah uh you know crypto's tanking not a surprise there nfts are tanking uh madonna recently had some nfts that didn't go uh that didn't sell uh people uh, the guy who set the um, record right uh last year with his like 69 million dollar um uh nft sale uh you know all of these things are slowing down my apes are gone all of my apes are gone i'm super sad my apes are gone 2022 has been a really, really all your weird. apes are belong to us Brian. exactly <laughs> exactly and so um with that being the case unfortunately uh, a little bit sad uh not really though i don't know if i could care any less about this i'm gonna give you some homework angelo so before episode 181 i'm gonna ask you if you could create an nft what would it be pause think about it we'll come back to it it would not be an ape <laughs> well, I'm glad that at least the parameters are set for not an ape. But yeah, there, there's some homework for you and I to come up with for next episode. Last thing on the tech docket this week, news of the iPhone 14 on the horizon. Angelo, how do you feel about all these different um, um, new features slash um, possible market stagnation? I think I reflect the market because I really don't care. No. I'm fine with my iPhone 12. It's working fine. The only reason I got an iPhone 12 is because my iPhone 8's battery died and I figured I just might as well get a new one. But I don't really care about an iPhone this year. If I need one, I'll get one. iPhones are kind of like, at this point, refrigerators. Yeah. The, the reason they're stagnating and because there's not much innovation, there's, they've, they're really good. Like iPhones that you, if your battery's fine, your four-year-old iPhone is going to run anything you need it to run. Yeah, exactly. I am now closing in on 22 months with my newest iPhone, and I have no reason to upgrade it all. It does everything I needed to. It allows me to call my parents and yell at them. It allows me to call my wife and yell at her. It allows me to text friends uh, in different emojis, and it also allows me to listen to podcasts and music. You have a Face ID iPhone, right? Yes, but I turned it off. Okay, you have the 11? Uh, yes, I have the 11. Also, uh, I think we've talked about this, but mostly due to privacy concerns, so that way if ever I get stopped by the police, um, they can't hold my phone up to unlock it. And it's not because I'm doing anything legal. I'm just saying, why not? I like the convenience of Face ID. 
Well, uh, it's harder when you were wearing a mask, though. Not, not for me. I have an Apple Watch. Well, yes, Angelo. Sorry. I apologize that the privileged uh, people around here uh, don't wear Apple Watches all day long. Well, Brian, one day if you work hard... Right. If I get a if I get a small million dollar loan from my dad, yeah, you can be president too. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a big dream. But yeah, I think this is in a a very good indication of of stagnation. Um, It makes sense, like you were saying, like an iPhone uh, isn't a two year commitment anymore. It can be up to four, maybe even five, depending on how you go. You're not buying it with a contract anymore. You're you're just buying an iPhone, really. Yeah. I I mean I have a contract, but. It's more so because it was it, there was a massive discount. Yeah, and for me, anytime I've like I've asked, hey, give me a contract. I'll I'll be fine with a contract. I mean, I'm going to need a phone, but every single time I've done that, I've done the math, and it's barely like fifty or a hundred dollars difference. But it's still a hundred bucks in my pocket for not much difference in terms of phones, right? Because yeah, they'll throw all this data at me. They'll throw all this other stuff at me with my plan, but I don't care because I don't use that much data. I was shocked that I accidentally forgot I had doubled my data plan. And so I had 20 gigs a month now. And do you, do you even come close to that? No. Because no. you're home. Are, are you working from home now exclusively? Yes. So my entire enterprise uh, is a work from home experience. So you're never off Wi-Fi. Now you have that sweet updated wi-fi it's true it's true uh yeah but i take a lot of walks i take a lot of walks take a lot of videos and pictures and i actually yeah, download stuff not, while i'm but just no, walking I'm not, you're no. not like you're the only time you're really using a lot of data is if you're really watching a lot of movies even even if you're streaming music on your watch walks you're not gonna get to 20 you're not even gonna get to like the six gigs i have i have six shared gigabytes with my wife <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I've been thinking about about uh, it was one of these like weird pandemic things where it was like two dollars more a month for double. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I I but yeah, I question I question my usage too. I'm gonna have to look it up uh, and see how it goes. On a on a similar thing where you know spending a little extra is it worth getting more? Is next month there's gonna be the new PlayStation Plus? Do I go with PlayStation Plus? I think it's called extra or playstation plus premium which i think is twenty dollars more a year so it's not even that much more but for the twenty dollars am i going to play the ps3 games or ps2 games or ps1 games for 20 bucks i might just do it anyway who cares it's not like it's 20 bucks a month well when you consider it right let's say it's like 20 bucks so let's say you play three games that's that's like seven bucks a game right yeah and when you're buying a game off of the PlayStation Network, or even use like a physical copy of it, which you can't even play on a PS5. Like, no, you can. I can oh, well, you play. Is it? Is oh, it, sorry, no. You can play, you can PS3? play PS4, or PS5 games. Yeah, okay, you can't. Well, that, no, PS3 games have to stream actually because they can't get the emulation right. Although I have a PS3, just I'm pointing to my uh, playroom here keyboard, in, the, yeah, in, you, in the basement. No, like it. You have to go out that door that you see. But not right. into the cat away, door. away from the containment bunker known as yeah. the office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I'm going to look at it, but I will likely. I'd initially thought I'll just get the extra because someone like me who's behind, way behind. Like I'm playing Prey right now, right? That's a five year old game, and I and I got it for ten dollars. It's great for me. A lot of people complaining are the people that are avid gamers and buy day one releases. Yeah, there's not much for you because, of course, you've already bought these games when they came out. So it's a waste of your money, basically. Or they're just upset that there's not going to be day one releases, where for me... It doesn't matter. And, and, and arguably, someone like you who doesn't who buys games when they're older, right? You rarely buy games on day one. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the last game I bought on day one. Wasn't it uh, Animal Crossing, maybe? 
No, I haven't played Animal Crossing. I thought you guys had Animal Crossing. No, oh. no, we play. We we obviously, Angela, we are Stardew Valley home. Oh yeah, it's Stardew Valley. It's true, Bride. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, I mean, yeah, uh, spending money got to do it sometimes. <laughs> not gonna, for that but plat- we're not going to do for that it. Platitude, Angela. But we're not going to do it on an iPhone this year unless we desperately need one. Like, for example, my wife didn't want to change her iPhone last year, but she had to because hers broke. I was really hoping that it was going to be some far-fetched conspiracy that involved Q and a bunch of other stuff and that we could go down the rabbit hole. But no, pragmatic. Yep. Angela, let us uh, end this uh, very reference-filled uh, text and head on over to the paranormal side of things. Hello? I'm a computer. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So we only have one thing on the docket this week. So um, in between last episode and this episode, and usually we talk about things that uh, we encounter or things that uh, we interact with. But this time, we're going to talk about something that we didn't interact with directly. So while we were off, we got an email from a press agent um, asking us to interview their client. And we're not going to name the client because I don't think it's really fair to attack them or like um, say negative things about them without a chance for them to respond. But they they had written a book um, which uh, combined both religion and weird spooky stuff together. And so initially we thought, oh, it could be interesting. We could definitely like maybe have a really good discussion. And then I read the book and uh, I could not in any way have a good faith conversation with this person. It would have felt like we would have had this person on. And I would have so yeah, hard. it would have been really hard for us to not make fun of him. It was it would have been like having a flat earther on. Exactly. Um so uh one of the many things that was wrong uh with the the book itself is that half of the sources in the back of the bibliography were citing Wikipedia articles, which as a primary source is not really a strong idea. No. It's not, no. No, because Wikipedia is a secondary store, right? Right, Like, a lot of the stuff from Wikipedia is quoted from something else. Correct. Not doing your due diligence there to get to the actual source. No, and that's, and do what the, you know, first-year university students do. You go to a page, and you click on the first link at the bottom. Yeah, that's, I mean, at least do that. I mean, and that's that's one of the many problems we had. Um, the other thing, too, is that uh, the book kind of read, like, anti-Occam's Razor. Like, it was very weird. So, for example, um, the author, they... Uh, related a story about how they had a LASIK procedure uh, done to them and their eyes were in a lot of pain, which is which happens depending on the type of procedure you get. And they envisioned that their dead mother was visiting them. And to me, as someone who has been in very painful um, situations before, perhaps it is your brain's way of relaxing you. It's not a true visitation. Like perhaps? No, that's the thing, right? We would have <laughs> no, I'm being diplomatic yes, once again, and, right? And like, again, just with you explaining it that way, I would have had a really hard time with that. And I something I need to uh, shout out to my co host here. I really appreciate him looking through that book so I wouldn't have to. And the publicist was super friendly and super nice and very understanding that it didn't work for us. Yeah. Uh, the other story that really just like got me going is that they related a story about how there was a, a banner in their home that wished them happy birthday and the banner fell over and it read happy day and then part of their name. And the author was claiming that it was a sign from their dead father saying, wishing them a happy birthday, 
because it said Happy Day, which was one of their uh, favorite songs growing up. And then their initials that their uh, father used to call them once in a while. Occam's Razor would suggest, and you could see it in the picture because there's a picture in the book, um, you were using uh, crappy tape <laughs> on your wall. Like, it's just, there's that, right? And also, um, there, were, there was no critical thinking. Like, for example, uh, doing things like talking about how the Gulf Breeze sightings could be real, but not substantiating it properly. Um, there were a lot of religious passages that were kind of like shoehorned in a lot. And uh, a lot yeah, of uh, just, biblical numbers things in there, probably. Exactly. And uh, uh, claiming that perhaps Bob Lazar was right, but not doing any of the critical thinking about Bob Lazar beyond saying like, well, some people suggest that, you know, um, the UFO kind of like dragging forward is something that he said. So therefore it could be true. It's just there is a total lack of of critical thinking there that really, really bothered me. And I think you and I pride ourselves on having guests on that we could talk about in a reasonable uh, manner and having discussions that actually uh, made a lot of sense. And uh, the book also talked about like departed friends and family members. And to me, it was less a book of an exploration of religion and the the weird and spooky stuff and more so like a, a person's meditation on their mortality. Like if you wanted to read the subtext almost. Again, I'm glad I didn't have to read the book. And your comment on how it's anti-Occam's razor is really apt because what he did, bending over backwards to find outlandish reasons as to why, for example, a happy birthday banner fell to the ground and they, fell well, in it didn't fall on the ground. It fell partly, right? Okay. And it, it, whatever it did, it fell. And it just happens that the initials that were used match the letters and happy birthday and it makes no sense it's like reading into deeply when you're eating alphabet soup and discovering something from the letters that pop up in that do you eat or drink soup angelo you eat soup you eat soup yeah because there are harder bits in there what about um like a, a cream soup you're still eating it Let's open that line of debate. Double underscore density. Over There's no debating that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and, and once again, like I have a threshold of belief or wanting to believe. And um, I know a lot of shows out there don't have that, right? They're willing to invite a guest on because I did listen to a number of interviews with this person. Oh, you did? Okay. And, yes. And it was very, very baseline. And unfortunately, like there was no critical thought. It was more so just allowing this person to get on their soapbox and, and kind of talk about their thing and not, I don't want to challenge a person, but I want to have a discussion about understanding because to me, like if you can defend this in a proper way, it is a much stronger argument to be made. And I don't think that we could have had that here. He would not have liked being on our show and we would not have enjoyed having him on because it would have felt like almost like we were almost being mean. Like if I were like 15 year old edgelord Brian, Absolutely would have had him on. Absolutely would have. You've matured. Uh, run them through the ringer. And, you know, uh, uh, there's no such thing as bad faith, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Because, you know, like the frontal cortex isn't fully developed. So therefore, I feel a desire to um, uh, prove myself. I'm like one level below one of those like hot topic shirts that like, you know, like the the voices inside my head say I have to kill you or whatever. Do you remember those? Like those very edgelordy shirts? I think that's past my time. Okay. Well, I'm what I would. Did you I wear would, mascara? Uh, never. Okay. Never. Nope. Um, also, lipstick. I didn't wear those shirts. I would be one level uh, below that. Okay. But 
Yeah, no, uh, learning to be gracious and understanding and, uh, almost like, uh, too, uh, having too much empathy <laughs> for these things, right? Because it seems like they're very, uh, well defined, um, by who they are. Also, um, and I joke about this with you, they're, uh, ex Air Force. So I was like, what if this is a psyop? Right. You really so thought that deeply that into it? Yeah. No, not at all. But I was, just, I was very amused by the idea of, of, of claiming this person was a psyop. And do we even know they're ex Air Force, right? Like they could just make that up. I mean, they have pictures and things in the book. Oh, yeah. I mean, pictures can be made up. <laughs> and it's verifiable too, right? So, so th- that's, that's a frightening thought that somebody that thinks this way has extreme credulity was also flying fighter jets that can blow things up. I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's a little bit surprising, right? So, so. and the, but however, the, he would be considered a trained observer when seeing UFOs just because he can fly a jet. Correct. There was also mention of, obviously, of Stephen Greer stuff. Uh, though it was a passing mention, it wasn't like a huge thing. But it still, once again, gave me pause because you and I both know that paying thousands of dollars to go into a field and watch a bunch of flares and other lights is not uh, a good use of time or money. And then, but this opens up the can of worms that, you know, just because somebody's in the Air Force and flies a jet doesn't mean they can't be deceived in one way or another. Or They're people just like you and I. Exactly. Eyewitness accounts, always going to be garbage. <laughs> uh, very very good point yeah uh, like uh, unfortunately like the book has a lot of wasted potential that could have been a really interesting meditation on on the two aspects of like you know like and the book had mentioned things like Ezekiel's wheel and we've talked about that before too but really I was I was expecting more and so one of the things that made me laugh is uh, the PR person sent over like a one sheet like a media kit sheet and one of the topics on there that you could invite this person onto was to learn how to defend yourself against demons and other evil spirits and I was like okay well okay this comes back though, once again, like the threshold of believability, right? Like, where does is it lie? Like, you and I both have a higher one. I'd be curious to know what our listeners have in terms of like a, a threshold. Um, wh- what does it take you to believe in um, religion, a paranormal subject, a cryptid, you know, anything else? Like, what is your threshold? What do you need in order to say, yes, this is plausible? Is it physical evidence? Is it enough trained observers letting you know that they believe in this, right? Uh, is it uh, documentation? Like what? I'd be curious to know what it is um, for people to to want to buy in or to believe beyond just hearing something on a podcast. I, I think if we would have had it on, him on, I would have kept asking the same question over and over again, and that would be, "Why do you believe this? Yeah, why? Yeah, why? They're the type of person who, um, and how." They're definitely the type of person who didn't meet a a story that they didn't want to believe in, right? Yeah, and there are plenty of those in the paranormal. You know, a lot of them call themselves skeptics, and they're so far from skeptical that it's like what they're skeptical that like aliens and Elvis are living together on Jupiter. Yeah, okay, you can be skeptical of that. Could but you prove them right or wrong, though, Angelo? That's the problem. Are you so? I uh, this is totally tangential, but have you seen the Baz Luhrmann trailer uh, for the, the Baz Luhrmann film uh, Elvis? Yes, I saw it when I went to see Doctor Strange. Did I share uh, one of the reviews that came out of Con this week about it? No, oh, you boy. may do that it's as we end the show. One of the biggest messes, uh, cinematic messes in recent memory, and I'm super excited to go see it. Is it that bad? Yeah. Yes. Huh. Baz Luhrmann could be really hit or miss. Yeah, I haven't liked a film of his. Uh, did he do Romeo and Juliet? That was him? He did. I think that was the last thing I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, How old was he then? Because Romeo and Juliet was, what, 30 years 96, ago at this point? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then he did uh, Strictly Ballroom before that, and then he also uh, he did Australia, and he did uh, The Great Gatsby, which I didn't really like. So yeah, not not a great hit to miss ratio. Yeah, didn't he do uh, Moulin Rouge? Was that him? He also yeah, that was the next movie after Romeo and Juliet, right? Yeah. So hmm. uh, yeah. Anyways, I'd be curious to hear from our listeners. What, what does it take you to believe? And obviously, like this is contextual, right? So I, uh, you know. Uh, believing in cryptid versus believing in alien versus believing in conspiracy theory. There are different thresholds. I do believe. Um, yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, we've always talked about our threshold of belief for that stuff. And I, I maintain cryptids are like at the top of the most believable thing. You just want an excuse to go deep sea dive I and think. find Bigfoot underwater, <laughs> underwater in, Bigfoot in a vortex bubble. Well, there we go. Why not make this happen? Let us let us create an NFT and then sell it for enough money to fund this adventure this summer, Angelo. A Bigfoot NFT. Angelo, can you let people people know where where they can find us on the internet? Yeah, they can go to doubledensity.net. On that website, there's everything you need to get in touch with us, Brian. They can fill out a form, and that that form will send an email to our Gmail account, which is what, Brian? Doubledensitypodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me at Angelo Furin on Twitter. And what about you, Brian? You're at... Uh, I'm at Brian Hasty. Brian with an I. I don't know why. I've been spelling it wrong this whole time. This whole time, Angela, and I haven't even bothered to be nice to you about it. Just correct me next time. I don't know. Did we mention the whole thing about John D last time we mentioned no, that, No, but speaking right? of we... correcting, <laughs> you, in your reply to that publicist, you also made corrections to the text. I couldn't. I couldn't. Okay, so this is... Okay, so it, was it pedantic? Yes. And I mentioned that. I said, I apologize for being pedantic ahead of time. But to someone who spends a lot of their professional life uh, looking over things, proofing things, even basic things like a date, are, like things like years are missing. Not so quoting Wikipedia? Yeah. So to me, if you cannot add a baseline, do these things, there is a larger problem. Um, but yeah, I don't remember if we mentioned this, but we uh, got a response from John D about coming on the show. And I, I can't remember if we mentioned this last episode or not. I don't think so. I don't think but so. John D said he uh, doesn't have the internet where he lives. Oh, yes. And unfortunately, he uses the local library for his internet needs. So, so he's a time traveler. Yes. <laughs> Does he go to internet cafes? Uh, I, no, not even that. The, the library is free. Angela. That's true. So I thought that was the kind of anticlimactic answer is, hey, I it's have, kind of, it's kind I have of quaint. no internet. It's kind of quaint, yeah. It's, it, it, it almost felt like originally when he had sent over uh, his initial uh, listener email, which obviously was like a spam email that he was just hitting other people up with, uh, I got kind of excited. And now it's just like a, a very quaint little finishing touch on on having a, a non-guest. Well, on. So that's is, two yeah, non-guests. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like two swings and a miss. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, like, lucky number three will show up. Maybe it'll be Tom Holland. Yeah, closing things up in the Hollandverse here on episode 190 of the Double Dancing Podcast. Spider-Man. So this has been Nathan it, Angela. Drake. You can keep talking, and I will keep talking, too. And this will Venom be great. again. And then what will Aloy. happen is we're going to tune in next episode when we actually have a guest that we want to talk to. Maybe. Angela, I will see you then. Maybe it'll be that NFT ape. Mm-hmm.